Hello dear friends and welcome to our podcast Insight Reading Enlightenment dedicated to sight reading through the lens of historically informed performance practice. My name is Darina Ablogina. Today we are playing some flute duos and we are reading some French Baroque suites and my guest is... Hi, I'm Leanne Sadler, I'm a Traverso player and I'm from Australia and currently in Basel. Yeah, very exciting. <laughs> we have a piece of music in front of us. It's a premiere suite written by um, Jacques Otetter that we have already discussed in one of the previous episodes. This piece is written for a duo without the basso continuo line. So there are only two lines. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. This movement is very sweet. It's called musette. And apparently it's referring to a musical instrument, musette. Mm. Mm. Or the, like the bagpipes, but yes. you can play it inside. Inside? Yeah. They're quite soft. Uh-huh. So it's perfect for the chamber. For playing, bringing, right. bringing your shepherds inside and <laughs> having that pastoral. Yeah, that's also feel. a sort of um, inner theater. Yeah, yeah. Chamber. And they're very theater. beautiful. They have a lot of like ornate decorations on the the bag. Or of course, it has a drone, and uh, you get this lovely swaying feel. Or yeah. Also, Otter has a treatise written for yes. Musette, yeah. how to play on Musette. Yeah, he was a great Musette player as well. And it says, doucement. Croche pointe. It means... Very pointed, which uh, means very, very sweet. Very sweet, yeah, and, and very dotted quavers. But at the same time we see uh, slurs, mm. a lot of slurs.
So I think it, how do you deal with this reading questions? Mm, I kind I of think. assumed that the slurs were to help you get that musette feel with the constant the flow. flow of sound. Yeah. yeah. But uh, often, of course, we see often a slur means to play the, the notes more egal. Uh, so More he equal. writes exactly. Yeah. So he writes specifically to play them very dotted, so that we don't lose that that rhythm, but we still have the the flow of a musette. Yeah, visually it looks very beautiful. Actually, mm. all these round lines. Yeah, you see the flow. It's lovely. And unexpectedly, we see a jig just before the saraband. Because we look at the score, and on both sides we have those two pieces. And on the left side is the jig, on the right side is the saraband. And that's quite unusual. Mm. How do you think? I think I... Have you seen... You normally see a jig completely last. I don't think I've seen a jig in the middle. Well, let's see what we will discover at the end. Mm. Maybe there will be something else. a nice imitation at yeah. the beginning yes and uh, what do you think about the ornaments and yeah he, he likes to give you hints which is really nice and i try to um, improvise my own ornaments based on the hints that he's already given so he, he gives us a uh, here there aren't any battements but there's this port de voie tells us to put a battement on the port de voie in his... and what is a battement a battement is uh, how do you describe a battement I think of it as, it's almost like a flick, something, flicking sound. I think it means to hit, showing my great academic knowledge. I don't know, I was just always thinking, why do we need ornaments mm. in oh, general? Okay. You know, why, do we, why, why can't we just be satisfied with a pure, beautiful note? No, we can, if we like, I suppose. But, well, they talk in the time a lot about decorating the melody, add beauty 
on top of it. So of course it's important if you add too many ornaments or distasteful ornaments, it's not going to add anything to the piece. I like to add quite a lot of ornaments. Um, and it and sounds very around. beautiful. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> yeah. Every time we play together, I'm looking forward to oh, listening thanks. to your ornaments. That's very nice. I'm really enjoying. Sometimes I'm distracted and I can't <laughs> follow my line. <laughs> and then I lose. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah. But it's, yeah, it's fun to add them. I mean, it's a jig, so you don't have that much time to add too many ornaments, although this is a slower jig. So maybe you just want to add a few little quick ones. As you said, in the Sarabande, we have a lot of ornaments. Okay, let's out. play the saraband. It says La Sainte Maurice. Lont ah, sorry. Yes. Um, so it's dedicated again. It's dedicated to a person, mm. or maybe a saint, saint or maybe a place. Maybe, maybe a place. Maybe a fountain. Maybe a fountain or a church. But uh, this saraband is very poetic. It's a very poetic mm. piece of music with written out ornaments. 
again, um, the visual side of this piece mm. is amazing. You can see all these ornaments and actually it's very valuable information for us. Mm. Now we can see them and probably we can improvise having in mind those written out ideas of Otter. Mm. Of course, before we were talking about Otter's uh signals for ornaments he writes a little plus sign for example which means a trill or just a little line means a battement or a v shape means port de voix and it's like a code so you when you see this symbol you know what to do but in the sarabon particularly towards the end he's actually written out ornaments more in the style of improvisation and for both flutes sometimes yeah. we have them again in thirds mm. in parallel mm. thirds or sometimes just one flute has a little scale mm. going up as we played before it's funny these uh, turns that he writes out in thirds as you say because if i was improvising them with somebody i would say only one of us should do it mm. but he's ah, written okay. it together yeah, so, so no you can problem. do this yeah. it's very interesting and it reminds me of the um, airs a brunette by otter as well this collection of older popular french songs yeah um with these written out improvisations where they're amazing and these airs they they have this straight connection to the french air de cour mm. uh, which are even older they even have an older, older tradition yeah. with this... where the airs were written without mm. bar lines mm. Mm. really vocal really really vocal yes text-based and the ornamentation is very vocal in style as well and very intricate like You were saying almost microtonal sometimes. You could imagine a melismatic... Well, modern music of the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
So um, we have played a movement that is called rondo, which consists of two rondos. <laughs> one is in major and one is in minor. And both of them are very sweet. Uh, in the second rondo, which is in minor, I thought that finally I have found a certain balance uh, with my flute and with your flute as well, mm. because it's a new flute that mm. I'm using now. And at first it was, it felt a bit different or maybe even a bit uncomfortable. But in this little rondo, I could find mm. this, yeah, moments of balance and relaxation and complete trust particularly in the minor one yes. yeah I think I mean the minor key is always particularly lovely in French music and I, I, I was going to say as well I often feel quite inspired because there's so many colors there's such a range of colors you can use and play with and sink into and we yeah, are relaxed I think you said, Relax, which is yeah. yeah, really lovely. the The first rondo was very sweet and kind of bright, and also it reminded me of one of the suites from the first volume of Auditeur, mm. the Fountain one, right? Yes, exactly. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, yeah exactly. I thought of this too, and I thought, ah, we have this strong motif, bright character, bright character, exactly. It's... Bright but very light at the same yeah. time. Some joy in there, and then the minor was suddenly very sweet darker colors and mm. and they both have the sort of imitation style with one voice coming in after the other but with a really different feel I mean in the second one it felt like we were flowing into each other and out whereas the first one was quite but both are descending like both motifs are totally. descending yeah yes but this one is somehow twisted with a upbeat yeah just a different feel but you it's can really interesting. With the same same ingredients with the, yeah with the same line yeah. yeah. So let's look at the jig. Uh, at the end of the whole suite, we have a jig. Yeah, that's quite interesting. So we have two jigs, and mm. we can compare them. Mm. And one starts with let's say an auftakt with a upbeat, and this one starts on the downbeat, mm. and looks. I don't know. Um, at the first sight, it looks quite simple. Mm. But let's see. Mm. Yeah, it's, nothing. <laughs> the other 
one said specifically prendrement or lentement? Légèrement. Yeah, and but I think this 16 notes, they mm. were kind of confusing in a way, you know, yeah. and also it doesn't start on the downbeat. Yeah, yeah. so you didn't so, have the yeah, typical But actually that keeps feel. The, the, the feeling of légèrement, of lightness, because it's sort of like hanging in the air. Yeah. You, yeah, you try to continue and mm, go on. You join in rather than starting. Yes. And then the second jig at the end, it's we start heavy it's on the downbeat. Sure, yeah. Also has some strong gestures mm. um, and mm. long notes. Mm. Quite strong. Yeah, confirming the joy of <laughs> existence. Yeah, and at the end we have this typical uh, petit reprise, small coda, mm. and it's written du, which means piano. So we can uh, extend the range of our dynamic. Yeah. And really ideas. emphasize that soft flute range. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and now spontaneously, we just uh, discovered there is a passacaglia in this volume, and it's written in uh, B minor, and immediately we wanted to play it. Thank you. 
And that's really interesting with the second voice in these kind of pieces. You have to play a role of a basso continuo player. Because, mm. for instance, at, at the beginning, it's really it's a basso continuo Completely, line. Yeah. And sometimes you're joining in some melodic motifs as a second voice. Mm. So uh, basically, it's like a trio sonata where you, where the second player mm. has to play both Mm. Um, basso continuo yeah. and the second violin or second voice yeah. whatever flute you swap between that's very interesting actually I enjoy a lot this part yeah second flute is amazing I think I wanted to ask you what you thought of the tempo yes the tempo is interesting it's a it's a good question about the tempo I think it is possible to change the tempo during the piece. Mm. Like when we have a major, I had a feeling that we wanted to go a bit faster. Yeah. I thought, oh, it's a pasakai, it's very serious, and I was a little bit nervous because it's long, and so I thought, I, I, I don't know, I was kind of cautious. So I took a slightly slower tempo, and then when we were playing, I thought, mm, if maybe it should be a bit faster, and I mm. felt that I wanted to move it along, but... It was too late and we'd, I don't know. Also, you know, when you're sight reading, you're a little bit cautious. So, yeah, I would have liked to do it again, but a little for faster. For me, it, actually, I enjoyed the tempo very mm. much. Mm -hmm. For me, it was um, sort of a beginning from far away. Ah. So we were sort of zoomed out. Right. And then it was like That's coming nice. closer, coming closer. And then like, okay, passing by. I don't know. It felt like a... Um, procession or mm. on the street you know or well that's a beautiful image actually i think pasakaya was intended for um procession or mm. for um people who are just walking on the promenade street or something promenade. Yeah. so maybe it was this feeling of it's starting somewhere far away also it starts with a very soft mm. um, mood or mm. character let's say it's quite low i think yeah for the second flute yeah. it was definitely it's very low, but yeah. I enjoy the color. Yeah, yeah. It's great, I think. It's fun to play nice and low in yes, this music. Yes. It's always something really nice. And even though it's um, in B minor, somehow it sounds dark. So it's B minor, but it's not the B minor from a sonata written by Bach, for yeah, instance, yeah. where a B minor is sort of a very bright and problematic, mm. uh, like not problematic, but how would you describe? It has a lot of tension. Yeah. Yeah, they're just we just had a few moments of a little bit of tension, but overall, yeah, it wasn't a stressful and piece. And how was the middle section for you? <laughs> it was a pure reaction. That's what I'm looking for always. Um, yeah, totally. I ha always have this. It's a problem for me personally that um, if you suddenly change to a different key in a piece, I mentally I'm thinking, yeah, I, I'm in this new key now. In this case, yeah, I'm in B major. I know what B major is but my fingers are still thinking in the previous key. So I was trying, asking my fingers to do what I asked them, what I told them to do. And they didn't want to cooperate with. Also, B major is like, Wah. But then uh, some interesting result was achieved. But this is, a, it is an interesting section. I mean, you rarely play in B major. It's maybe a brief bar or two in a modulation, but a whole section in B major is really rare as a flute player. But it sounds very interesting, the color. Yeah. It's so new yeah, for us. Totally. We are not used to Absolutely. this color. Yeah. A lot of brightness. And you were saying, yeah, it's not a bright B minor before, it's a darker B minor. So when you go into B major, it's there's a lot of sunlight. 
Suddenly the the clouds cleared away for a moment and some sun comes through. These little treatlets together, Mm. I find it's very fresh and so nice. He just uses it once, basically, in this section. I I, I thought, hmm, maybe I should continue the triplet pattern. But I was a bit stressed about the key, so I didn't. (laughs) Next time. (laughs) Next time. It was a brilliant sight-reading session. Thank you very much, Leanne. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Very nice. Thanks. Cool. Mm.